to the best of the church's music for the season of Lent at LutheranPublicRadio.org. Sacred music for the season of Lent, LutheranPublicRadio.org. Right now, a woman's right to control her own body is under massive assault, unprecedented assault. This, Joe, you have in the past, on more than one occasion, voted for the Hyde Amendment, which says that uh, a woman, low-income woman, could not use Medicaid funding for an abortion. Is that still your view, or have you modified it? It is not my view. It's not my view. And by the way, everybody who's been in the Congress voted for the Hyde Amendment at one point or another because it was locked in other bills. The reason why I affirmatively became out opposed to the Hyde Amendment was that if we're going to have public funding for all health care along the line, there is no way you could allow for there to be a requirement that you have Hyde Amendment. A woman who doesn't have the money could not have coverage under health care. Well, I'm glad. Number two, and I, I've done that. I did that a while ago, okay? Number one. Number two, I would send immediately to the desk of the United States Congress when I'm elected president, if I'm elected president, a codification of Roe v. Wade amended by Casey. Because I think it is a woman's right to choose. I think it's a woman's opportunity to be able to make that decision. And in fact, I've gotten 100% rating from NARAL as well. Senator Sanders, before we move on, I just want to you, get you to respond. You have a lifetime 100% voting record from NARAL? I know my record of late from NARAL has been 100%. I don't know whether it was 25 years ago. Well, all right. I mean, I think one of the differences, not to you know pick a bone here, is I have been consistent. All right, I've always believed in that, and you have not. I'm glad you have changed. That's an excerpt from Sunday's debate between Democratic presidential candidates Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. Both of them have gone all in on both federal funding for abortion and abortion on demand. That's not surprising. Their party has as well. Joining us to talk about the sanctity of life issues that were raised in the Biden-Sanders debate, Dr. Michael New. He's visiting assistant professor of social research and political science at the Catholic University of America. He's associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute and columnist for National Review Online. Dr. New, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Give us a history of the Hyde Amendment. Sure. After the Roe v. Wade decision in 1973, uh, one of the first things pro-lifers wanted to do was protect the conscience rights of taxpayers. And one of our first public policy victories uh, was the Hyde Amendment. And what the Hyde Amendment does, it prevents the federal government from using federal taxpayer dollars to fund abortion through the Medicaid program. And this piece of legislation was authored by Congressman Henry Hyde of Illinois. It was first introduced and passed in 1976. And during the 1970s, it went through a series of legal challenges. It was not consistently in effect during the 70s. It received some favorable rulings. It received some unfavorable rulings. It was finally appealed to the Supreme Court. And in 1980, in the decision of Harris v. McRae, the U.S. Supreme Court upheld the Hyde Amendment. You know, they said abortion is legal, but you're not required to pay for it through federal taxpayer dollars. So some version of the Hyde Amendment has been uh, put in effect or passed uh, every year since 1980. Again, it prevents the federal Medicaid program from paying for abortion or or elective abortions uh, with taxpayer dollars. And again, it's been very effective. Everyone who's analyzed the Hyde Amendment agrees it stopped abortions. A group, Center for Reproductive Rights, which supports legal abortion, about 10 years ago, they did a study that found it stopped a million abortions. I did a study back in 2016 
which found it stopped 2 billion abortions in about 40 years. So it's done a lot of good protecting unborn children and protecting taxpayers. In last night's debate, Joe Biden said that he voted for the Hyde Amendment because it was included in a package of appropriation bills. Is that true? It may be true, but it's misleading. Joe Biden was a U.S. senator from 1972 to 2009. And yes, there are times when you know, different kinds of appropriations bills are lumped together. And the Hyde Amendment is, has to be attached every year to the appropriations bill that funds health and human services. So there may have been situations where the health and human services appropriation was attached to other appropriations. But there are other times it was purely a standalone bill that you know, he had the choice to support or choose to oppose. And as a U.S. senator, uh, very often he voted to support the Hyde Amendment. And that was a position that was consistent with many Democrats of that era. Many Democrats, including Biden, thought abortion should be legal, but not funded with federal taxpayer dollars. So, um, you know, he did vote for it when it was a standalone bill. And in fact, we even have a letter online he wrote to a constituent who was concerned about abortion. And even though Joe Biden said he thought that abortion should be legal, he bragged this constituent that at least 50 times in his career as a senator, he voted against uh, taxpayer funding for abortion. So clearly, I mean, he has been a supporter of the Hyde Amendment in the past. He changed his position, just saying it was going to other appropriation bills. I think it's just, frankly, a bit uh, disingenuous. So while a senator, did Biden have opportunity to vote against the Hyde Amendment? Absolutely. I mean, he was a senator from 1972, or I guess he was elected in 1972, took office in 1973. He became Barack Obama's vice president in 2009. Again, the Hyde Amendment is kind of a rider to an annual appropriations bill. So the Hyde Amendment came up many, many times during Biden's career as a U.S. senator. He certainly had opportunities to vote against it, but he consistently voted for it. And again, his position was consistent with many Democrats. Again, many Democrats thought that abortion should be legal, but not funded federal taxpayer dollars. Again, he uh, had opportunities to vote against it, and some Democrats did. But during his career as a senator, he voted for it. And again, the fact he changed his position, I think, is just very uh, politically expedient. And the way he's trying to spin this, I think this is just a bit disingenuous. Biden also said that his support for expanded health care requires that he support taxpayer funding for abortion. Is that true? No, not at all. I mean, uh, Biden supports expanding aspects of the uh, Affordable Care Act, and he wants you know to see more people covered uh, with government-based health insurance programs, and that can be debated on its merits. But he doesn't require him to support taxpayer funding of elective abortion. He could still support expanding existing programs, and opposed taxpayer funding for elective abortion. The two issues aren't intertwined. So again, I think that's a, a dodge as well. How do you explain Biden's change of position on abortion funding? Well, I think essentially what's happened is that the Democratic Party has shifted to the left on effective life issues. And I think that he's just going in the direction of public attitudes within his party. I mean, he's running for the Democratic nomination for president. Many people who vote Democratic primaries tend to be more liberal than your average Democrat, and certainly a lot more liberal than your average voter. And the constituency of the Democratic Party tends to support taxpayer funding for abortion, even if that's not a popular position overall. And again, I think what you've seen with the Democratic Party is there have been some demographic shifts. Uh, at one point, you know, a big contingent of Democratic voters were people who kind of came of age during the Great Depression or World War II. And these Democrats tend to be a little bit liberal on economic issues. They may have supported unions and they've supported some regulation, redistribution, but they were, frankly, moderate to conservative on social issues. You know, they were pro-life. They were skeptical about same-sex marriage. This generation of Democrats has kind of passed away. Uh, if somebody was 10 when the Great Depression happened, they're in their late 90s now. 
So, again, a more conservative generation of Democrats has frankly passed away. They're being replaced by a younger generation that's a lot more liberal. Biden, again, is running for the Democratic nomination for president. He realized people with liberal views vote in Democratic primaries. And, again, I think this position changes the political expediency on his part. I think that explains it more than anything. To what degree, when it comes to the Democratic Party, is money coming from abortion organizations or abortion-supporting organizations a factor? I think it's a pretty big factor. I think that Planned Parenthood, NARAL, Emily's List, you know, these groups have invested, you know, very, very heavily in the Democratic Party. And frankly, Democrats, you know, do their bidding. They are willing to oppose bans on late-term abortions. They, you know, they're now, by and large, opposing the Hyde Amendment. Again, Democrats have been willing to oppose incremental pro-life laws. Pull well, are popular. There's a variety of reasons, but I think part of it is the fact they're getting lots of money from both individuals support legal abortion and these groups like NARAL, Emily's List, and Planned Parenthood. Finally, both candidates, both Biden and Sanders, support taxpayer funding for abortion. Where do the American people stand on the issue? The good news is that, you know, obviously public opinion can be a bit split on the legality of abortion. But it's safe to say that many Americans, at least a plurality, and some polls even show a majority of Americans, oppose taxpayer funding of abortion. That I put together a memo on this issue. I found seven polls taken between over the past four years, and each of the polls shows that at least you know, a plurality opposes taxpayer funding of abortion, and uh, in many cases, a majority does. And it's not sensitive to how the questions are worded. Uh, even when the wording isn't necessarily favorable to pro-lifers, when it's a discussion of Medicaid coverage of abortion, where the taxpayer funding is such, no matter how the questions are worded, again, at least a plurality opposes this, and many polls do show that majorities of Americans oppose taxpayer funding for, for elective abortions. Dr. Michael New is visiting assistant professor of social research and political science at the Catholic University of America. He's associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute and columnist for National Review Online. You'll find a link to his columns and the Charlotte Lozier Institute on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Dr. New, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. We'll talk about Bernie Sanders, the radical left, and socialist education with Dr. Thomas Korchak, director of the Center for Advancement of Lutheran Liberal Arts at Concordia University of Chicago, next. to the best of the church's music for the season of Lent at lutheranpublicradio.org. Sacred music for the season of Lent, lutheranpublicradio.org. Looking for a foreign language program that will revolutionize your students' vocabulary knowledge and their understanding of grammar? How about a program that teaches critical thinking skills, too? Look no further than Memoria Press's Latin curriculum. Students of all ages can use these Latin study programs. Give your students the gift of Latin today. To order, visit memoriapress.com and save $5 on your next order by using the coupon code LPR20. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. If you appreciate Issues Etc., Talk Radio for the Thinking Christian, and Lutheran Public Radio, Sacred Music for the World, please include a bequest in your will or trust for these worldwide media resources. Bequests aren't subject to federal tax or capital gains taxes. 
Ensure your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren the opportunity to listen by including a bequest in your will or trust for Issues Etc. and Lutheran Public Radio. Defending life from beginning to end. You're listening to Issues Etc. Your sun-bleached felt church banners have seen better days. Held together with staples and superglue, they are a monument to Aunt Mabel's pastel-toned creativity from 1960. But it's time for a refresh. Ad Crucem has the solution that doesn't even need a Sharpie. We proudly offer Scapegoat Studios creations as well as Ad Crucem's original banners. Come and browse our wide selection of seasonal church banners. We also create banners and church signs to your design. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. The Substitute Organist Service has been a great blessing for our worship life here at Christ the King Lutheran in Riverview, Florida. Pastor Kevin Yoakum on the Substitute Organist Service. Now our organ plays rich liturgical music every single Sunday, and it's very affordable. You pick the hymns, you pick the liturgies. It's very simple. Just know when to push play. You can find out more about the Substitute Organist Service at churchmusicsolutions.com, churchmusicsolutions.com.